started. Um, start by going over uh, the meeting details. So good evening. My name is Dave Cronin, city engineer, and I'm here with uh, city staff members Dustin Smith and Allie Weems. Uh, we will work alongside Pat Collette, the chair, to facilitate the uh, Multimodal Transportation Commission meeting this evening. Uh, this meeting is being recorded and broadcast live on the city's YouTube channel and public access cable channel 25. During the meeting, when you are not participating, please mute yourself by clicking on the microphone icon found on the lower left-hand side of the Zoom menu next to the video icon. When you are muted, a red line will appear over the icon. Muting your microphone during the meeting will make it easier for everyone to hear. You'll just have to remember to unmute if and when you want to speak. In some cases, we may mute or unmute people as needed to minimize distractions during the meeting. Please remember to state your name and title for the benefit of those listening remotely. You can turn your video on and off by clicking on the video icon on the menu. For the purposes of this public meeting, please keep your video on when you are participating in the meeting. When you are not participating, it is okay to turn your video off. Just remember to turn your video back on when you are participating. If you are participating by phone, you can click star six to unmute your phone. For those using Zoom, somewhere on your screen, you will see a choice to toggle between speaker and gallery view. Speaker view shows the active speaker. Gallery view tiles all the meeting participants. Individuals who registered in advance to provide public comments remotely will be called upon by name. When you are called on, please unmute your listening device and state your name before speaking. The chair will then call for in-person public comments for those who are physically present. Staff will direct them to this podium to speak while following social distancing and safety protocols. All motions will need to be stated clearly. After a motion is made and seconded, staff will call on each member individually to provide their vote. Staff will then need to announce whether the motion carried and the count of the vote. So I guess I'll start by turning off uh, the meeting over to the MMTC chair, Pat Collette. Thank you, David. Uh, good evening, everyone. Um, the, uh, we have on our agenda tonight a study session to talk about the strategic plan and budget update. Um, and I believe that is, uh, is that Danielle that's going to make that presentation? Yes, this is Dave Cronin, the engineer. Danielle's gonna make that presentation uh, this evening. Um, I think we're by uh, doing a quick roll call and Allie will go through and do a quick roll call, then we'll turn it over to Danielle. Great, thank you. Allie Weems, MSO. Charlie Bryan. Present. Gregory Critchlow. Steve Evans. Here. Carol Bowen. Nick Kuzmiak. Here. Tom Allen. Present. Aaron Payton. Lauren Freeman, Pat Collette. Here. Alrighty, that's five. All right. All right, well, um, we're gonna turn it over to Danielle Bushcutter, um, who um, is gonna give us an overview of the uh, city's strategic plan and budget. Danielle, go ahead. 
All right, wonderful, thank you. Um, I'm Danielle Bushcutter. I'm the Budget and Strategic Initiatives Administrator for the City of Lawrence. Um, I appreciate the invitation to come uh, before you all this evening to give a brief update about the um, strategic plan and um, the budget. So I uh, put together what hopefully is a relatively brief presentation for you all. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and share my screen here quickly. And we'll get this in presentation mode. Um, and we will we will jump into the presentation. Um, please um, feel free at the end to uh, ask any questions uh, that you may have. Um, I certainly want to uh, leave some time at the end for questions as well. Um, I know um, you all have a couple other things on your agenda tonight. Um, so uh, we will jump on into it. Um, so first, I want to talk a little bit about um, the history of our strategic plan. I'm going to first focus on the strategic plan and then kind of jump over to the budget. Ultimately, these things are all interrelated, but um, we'll start first with the strategic plan um, and the history of that. Um, so the city did adopt an, a strategic plan back in 2017. Um, this was really intended, this was really the city's first strategic plan and was intended to really guide the city over the next two to three years. Um, so um, as uh, we were getting into kind of the middle of uh, 2019, uh, we realized that we really needed to start working on a process to update our strategic plan. Um, so by the end of 2019, and if we can think back to early 2020, um, this is really when this work got underway. Um, and we also knew with this new uh, strategic plan, um, that focusing on public engagement was really going to be important so we could get that input on the front end of that process um, and use that to inform the rest of the process um, instead of getting it on the back end of the process and having um, the community really react to the work that had already been done. So we went through a pretty large um, public um, outreach effort. Um, this was all pre-COVID, uh, so we had a lot of um, in-person meetings. Uh, th these were actually some of the last in-person meetings um, um, that uh, we had. Um, so we uh, actually went through quite a robust process. Uh, we put together an internal Lawrence Listens team uh, we were hoping to get about 20 trained staff members to go out into the community and kind of meet people where they are. Um, and instead, we had over uh, 45 people uh, volunteer to be a part of our Lawrence Listens team. Um, and so we trained all of these city staff to help facilitate public engagement activities. Ultimately, um, it was a really incredible effort and we heard from more than 3000 people throughout this process. Um, and we did all of that in about a four week uh, timeframe. Um, and we estimate we had about 100 hours of public engagement um, over the course of those um, four weeks, uh, which is pretty incredible. And we did this through a variety of different things. We had um, kind of those traditional community meetings um, that we held at different locations across the city. You can see a picture here of um, one of these facilitated meetings that we had at the Carnegie Building. Uh, we also had different satellite meetings, so we tried to get in different facilities in different parts of town, um, and these were really designed to be a little bit smaller in nature, um, and we had those at some of the depots and um, some of our uh, parks and recreation centers and, and those sorts of things. Um, we also had a number of small group meetings. Um, so there are a number of um, organizations in our community that um, meet monthly or weekly or, or however often and 
um, we had uh, facilitators go out to those kind of regularly scheduled meetings um, that people were already having and, and use that as an opportunity to gather public input. And then we also did some of the traditional um, online surveys, uh, tabling events, um, and we also did some community check-in meetings. So um, all of these initial meetings happened kind of pre-COVID. Um, so we wanted to do another set of engagement um, activities that were virtual uh, to kind of see whether or not the priorities that we heard um, were still holding true for folks. Um, and uh, by and large, we found out that, that yes, uh, they were still holding true. We also did, and it's not noted here, but something I wanna to highlight to you all um, is we also, uh, in one of our small group meetings, uh, we invited all of the advisory board chairs and, and vice chairs to come and participate in a facilitated meeting. Um, so uh, that was one of the ways kind of on the front end that we tried to also hear from um, our advisory board members because um, um, obviously you all put a lot of time and effort um, into participating in our community in this way. So that was a really important voice that we wanted to um, also capture on the front end. Um, this is a kind of a visual representation of our strategic plan framework. So ultimately, um, the strategic plan outlines a systematic process for moving towards a vision um, in a manner that involves development and prioritization of strategic goals uh, with measurable strategies. So this is a bit of a, a visualization of that to acknowledge um, that we have um, some plans like our comprehensive plan, which is um, looks far beyond the kind of three to five years that our strategic plan is supposed to look. Um, so recognizing that that comprehensive plan is helping to inform our strategic plan, which ultimately um, impacts, like I mentioned, these things are interwoven, our um, annual operating budget. Um, and, and that really um, enables us to have strategic management and have um, um, uh, key performance indicators that we're able to utilize. Um, and we'll talk about it in a, in a little bit as well, but um, that's how some of the, these different elements kind of um, interrelate uh, to one another. Um, I wanted to kind of start this off with um, our mission, vision, and values. Um, so our mission statement, um, and this was also updated um, as we went through this last strategic plan, um, update is to create a community where all enjoy life and feel at home. So that's really um, um, that kind of driving force along with our, our vision, uh, which, which um, has been in place for a number of years now, um, and our organizational values as well. Um, so I think it's important to, to recognize these um, as we talk about and kind of frame um, our strategic plan discussion. Um, so um, one of the other elements of our strategic plan is um, we have outcomes identified in it and we also have commitments. So our outcomes are um, what we do. So you can think of these kind of as the services we provide um, in our community, um, whereas our commitments are how we do that work. Um, so this is more of kind of those internal functions uh, that we have to keep in mind and recognize um, as we um, work towards um, all of these different outcomes. So um, it's really important for us to remember and not to lose sight of uh, the way that we do our work or our commitments are really just as important as what we do and those are the outcomes. So we'll go through each of our five outcome statements um, and six commitment areas um, that will hopefully help kind of um, put some, some context um, to that a little bit more. 
So we're going to start with our outcomes. Um, so the first one, and in no particular order, um, is uh, unmistakable identity. Um, so Lawrence is a welcoming community synonymous with arts, diverse culture, fun, and a quintessential downtown. Uh, city parks and community events contribute to the vibrancy experienced by all people in Lawrence. So that is our unmistakable identity. We also have strong, welcoming neighborhoods. Um, so all people in Lawrence live in safe, functional, and aesthetically unique neighborhoods that provide opportunities to lead healthy lifestyles with access to safe and affordable housing and essential services that help them thrive. Safe and secure uh, really speaks to uh, Lawrence being a community where people feel safe and secure with access to trusted public and community-based safety resources. Prosperity and economic security is our next outcome area. Um, and this really speaks to the city fostering an environment that provides all people and businesses the opportunity for economic security and intentionally acknowledges, removes, and prevents barriers created by systemic and institutional injustice. Um, our community succeeds because of collective prosperity and a vibrant, sustainable local economy. And then finally, Connected City, uh, and this is probably one that you all are going to be talking about quite a bit in all of your work. Um, this was changed from infrastructure, asset management, and connectivity. Uh, this is a little bit easier to get to fit on charts and to talk about. Um, so this um, is one um, that may have looked a little different um, as you all have kind of talked about the strategic plan previously, um, but has been updated. So I wanted to make that note. Um, so this is really articulating um, that the city of Lawrence has a well-maintained functional and efficient infrastructure facilities and assets, um, connectivity that so supports accessible, sustainable methods for safely moving people and information throughout the community and the region. Um, investments in these assets reflect the city's commitment to contribute to the well-being of all people. So those are our outcomes. That's what we do um, as a city. Um, so next we're gonna go through the commitments and I'll try to go through these um, relatively quick as well. But this is really how do we do that work? Um, so you can kind of think about these as the different lenses that we have to um, keep in mind and consider as we work towards um, those different outcome areas. And so the first is uh, community engagement. Um, so that's really engaging with our community to drive action and build trust in city government. Um, and really inviting people and community members to collaborate and innovate with us um, through strong, equitable engagement with our community um, and sharing and receiving information about important city services um, and community life. The next is related to efficient and effective processes. Um, so this is uh, being intentional and consistent about how we deliver city services. Um, and we focus on process improvement by working collaboratively to understand needs, research, adapt and develop successful solutions, trustworthy processes are the foundation for the delivery of city services. Um, the next one is equity and inclusion. Um, and I know this is something that you all have talked about uh, before as well. Um, so really that fair and impartial delivery of services so that no group is disadvantaged or burdened um, along with having inclusive representation and participation for all. Um, inclusion and racial equity drive the culture of our organization and our community. 
When we intentionally prioritize race, it can no longer be used to predict life outcomes and outcomes are improved for all. We remove systemic barriers to reconcile historic injustices and their continued presence in our work. Uh, next, we have sound fiscal stewardship. Um, so this is the efficient use and sustainable management of resources that align with community priorities. Um, so this is really focused on building and maintaining public trust while using our resources to achieve high value um, and providing transparent, easy access to relevant and accurate data uh, for budgeting and decision-making. Engaged and empowered teams. Um, so this is uh, really our workforce and uh, people throughout the organization uh, are trusted, supported and cared for as we build community together, um, really investing in and cultivating um, service to our community, individual growth, team development, respect and trust. Um, acknowledging that our very best is achieved by a diverse, engaged, collaborative and innovative organizational culture. And then the last slide I will read to you uh, this evening is uh, environmental sustainability. Uh, so I know this is another area that you all have talked about um, in some of your previous work as well. Um, so really having a deep respect for our place in relationship with the planet and the environment. Um, we consider the environmental consequences of every decision, both big and small, knowing that our actions have impacts beyond our boundaries. We protect and restore our ecosystem to make it healthier and more balanced for future generations. Um, so that really is um, the framework and the strategic plan uh, that the city commission has adopted. Um, and they adopted that plan um, back in October of 2020. Um, so now we have the challenging work, um, now that we have the plan in place of actually implementing that. Um, so um, as you can see noted here, um, one of the first things we did after the, the city commission um, adopted um, those outcomes and commitments um, is start to work on performance indicators. Um, so we have identified at this point about 70 uh, performance indicators um, that really help um, to articulate and identify what success looks like for each of those outcomes and commitments. Um, and we actually presented those to the commission um, just a couple weeks ago. Um, so now that we have those key performance indicators in place, um, we are starting to shift our attention internally um, to developing the strategies um, that we will need uh, to utilize so that we can make progress towards uh, the successful implementation of our strategic plan um, and those uh, key performance indicators uh, that we have identified. So I think this is where the work gets really exciting. Um, it's still underway. I think this is also um, um, where we can really start to engage with our different um, um, commissions and advisory boards um, and, and really start to make progress on these different things. So um, that part is still in development. So there will be more on that to come in the relatively near future, uh, but that kind of gives you a rough, a rough kind of estimate um, of where we are today and, and all of the work that has already been done. So um, we are continuing to move down that process and really hoping to start to um, engage with these different strategies as we start to develop and build um, our 2022 budget, uh, which will be happening here um, over the next couple months. So with that, um, I'm gonna shift over um, into kind of the budget overview. 
Um, first, kind of talking um, a high level about uh, what we really hope to accomplish when we put together our annual budget. Um, give a little bit of background, a little bit of history there. Uh, talk a little bit about the current year budget, so the 2021 budget, and then I'll give you kind of a, a snapshot of what um, can be expected related to our 2022 budget. Uh, so we're always working in multiple years uh, as it relates to the budget. So first at a very high level, uh, the budget process and the budget is really intended to do multiple things. Um, ultimately, um, is to align with our strategic uh, plan and the strategic priorities that we have identified. Um, and really to, to help, uh, it, it really is a framework to identify funding priorities um, and to have those conversations with kind of that bigger picture in mind. Um, the other thing that it does is really help to contextualize um, all of our financial decisions with policy direction that is needed in order to um, have things move forward. Um, and the other thing that it does, and we'll, we'll get into this a little bit more, um, is it gives us an opportunity to look a little bit longer term um, in terms of, of where we see things going um, and some of the things that we have on the horizon. Uh, we do this particularly uh, with some of our capital budget items. Um, but like I said, we'll talk about that in a little bit more detail here in just a minute. Um, there are also a couple of just kind of key elements to kind of um, set the framework for, for this discussion. Um, when we talk about our fiscal year, it aligns with the calendar year, uh, which makes it a little bit easier. So when we're talking about the 2021 budget, it's from January 1st of 2021 through December 31st of 2021. Um, and the, the budget, as we refer to it, uh, really includes several different components of it. So we have our traditional operating budgets um, that all of our um, departments and, and operations uh, utilize for their day-to-day -day, uh, functions. We also have our capital improvement plan, our maintenance plan, and our vehicle and equipment replacement plan. Um, this is a little bit newer. Uh, 2021 was really the first year that we broke those three elements out, um, but it helps kind of, like I said, um, contextualize each of those um, and, and uh, it, we're able to kind of move that conversation forward. Um, so that is relatively new, um, but I think a, a really good um, step to help um, make things a little bit easier to understand. Um, so we'll first go over, like I said, uh, the 2021 adopted budget at a very, very high level. Uh, but that budget includes total expenditures of $314 million, just over $314 million. Um, and um, it maintains our current mill levy rate. So that is essentially keeping our property tax um, rate um, flat. This uh, chart again um, shows our revenues at a very high level. Um, so as you can see here, taxes make up about 35% of our total budget. Um, so this includes both property tax and sales tax. Um, you can see the next highest, um, well, I guess charges for service is actually higher. So think of uh, water and wastewater um, charges that, that you all pay, um, trash service, parks and recreation programming, um, all of those sorts of charges uh, that, that you may pay. And then you can see um, other financing sources is the next largest uh, section here in this pie chart. Um, so those are really transfers. Um, and that really has to do more with 
um, how we budget things kind of on the back end side, uh, but that's what that's representing. Um, and then intergovernmental. So these are capturing federal and state dollars that we receive for and, and services and, and those sorts of things. Um, we always include this when we talk about uh, the budget. Well, so um, when you um, four different places, um, so some of it goes to the state of Kansas, some of it goes to the school district, and then uh, the other portion goes to the county. And then finally, the, the other place that it goes is to the city of Lawrence as well. Um, so when you pay that $1, this is how that dollar uh, gets broken out across all of those different jurisdictions. All right, so moving over uh, now to the 2021 um, budgeted expenditures. Uh, so as you can see here, uh, the largest um, expenditure category uh, that, we, uh, that we have um, is personnel. Um, so we uh, provide a lot of services, um, and so personnel is, is our largest um, cost. Uh, you can see um, the others are a little bit closer um, in nature in terms of uh, the second largest is capital outlay. So those are all of our capital projects that we have, um, followed by uh, contractual services. So those are professional services that we have, um, utilities that we pay, those sorts of things, um, followed by, again, transfers, which has more to do with how we budget things. Um, and then uh, next the next highest uh, category is debt service. So um, a lot of the infrastructure that we build, uh, we actually issue debt for that uh, and, and pay that off over the course of a number of different years. Um, so this is just kind of recognizing um, that annual payment that we have for those projects. All right, um, so getting into uh, the capital improvement plan, um, and we'll talk about the capital improvement plan, we'll talk about the maintenance plan, and we'll talk about the vehicle and equipment replacement plan. Um, but first is our capital improvement plan. This is really um, a tool that we have and we've had in place for a number of years um, that looks at a five-year time horizon. Um, and it's really an opportunity for us to prioritize projects over that five-year time horizon um, and identify the needs and also identify the funding that we have available to figure out um, what of those needs are we able to fund um, and where are those gaps still existing? One of the things that we've done to help with this prioritization process um, last year is adopted a prioritization um, guideline uh, document. So this kind of outlines the process that we utilize um, to identify basically a score for each project um, to determine what the highest uh, prioritized projects are within our capital improvement plan um, so that we can uh, do a better job of um, um, funding the highest priority um, items. So the, the projects that you will find in our capital improvement plan are really those that have to meet a, a couple different criteria. Um, the first is they have to cost $100,000 or more, um, and they have to have a life expectancy of two years or more. Um, so those are really the, the two major uh, criteria for all, all of our capital improvement plan items. Um, so you can see here uh, that the 2021 through 2025 uh, capital improvement plan was over $239 million. 
Um, this was just the funded component of that plan. We also had about $15 million of identified projects uh, that were unfunded. Um, I wanted to show you all just so uh, you had it um, available um, to review. Um, these are the different categories in our prioritization guidelines. Um, so these are the different components and elements that we look at um, when prioritizing all of our capital improvement plans. Um, so some of this you'll see some overlap with some of those commitments we talked about, um, but it includes um, looking at the, the project as it relates to um, our other long-term plans we have in place, like the comprehensive plan. Um, it looks at health and public safety elements. Um, it looks at uh, the infrastructure needs, whether or not it is um, something that is helping us meet our regulatory compliance whether it has um, external funding, so is the state or the federal government or some other entity helping finance that particular project? Um, what is the ongoing operating um, budget impact? If we're putting in new infrastructure, we then have to maintain that infrastructure. Um, so what does that impact look like? Um, it also talks about um, quality of life and, and, and what uh, impact the project will have on that. Um, how important that location and, and timing is. So this is where we start to answer those questions of um, if we're going to tear up a road, should we replace the water line underneath it at that time as well so that we're not having to come back a couple years later to do that work um, and having those conversations and, and figuring out how uh, this project um, aligns with that. And then it also helps to um, identify and um, address the, the equity component as well as the, the sustainability of it. And there are more robust definitions for all of those that if you're interested in, um, I can show you where all of that um, information and, and documentation is. Um, next is our maintenance plan. Um, so this plan outlines um, both our routine and preventative um, maintenance um, projects that are $50,000 or more. These typically are very programmatic in nature. Um, so we have an, uh, an idea of how much we need uh, to maintain different types of, of infrastructure and assets, um, but we may not know the exact location when we're putting together these documents um, multiple years in advance. Um, um, so these, these typically are kind of seen as programs. Um, and our maintenance plan for 2021 through 2025 uh, was just shy of 130 million. Um, and we had about 33 million um, identified, uh, but is uh, currently unfunded. And then finally, I promise I'm wrapping up with just a couple more slides is our vehicle and equipment replacement plan. Uh, so this includes all of our vehicles um, and then machinery and equipment and software uh, that's over $20,000. Um, so you can see in 2021 through 2025, uh, this was about uh, $35 million and we had about 7 um, million that was identified as unfunded. So that was all talking about 2021, the year we are currently in. Um, however, um, as um, a city, we are quickly shifting um, our focus into development of the 2022 budget. Um, so uh, we have to have that adopted um, by August 25th with a couple exceptions. Um, so this is the process uh, that we will uh, anticipate utilizing um, for that 2022 uh, development. 
So uh, in May, we plan on going to the commission at their work session to uh, give kind of a budget presentation, um, kind of a, a forecasting uh, presentation, if you will, where we're able to um, look at kind of our revenue projections and, and uh, where we think we're going to be, talk a little bit about uh, some of those prioritization discussions. And then in June, come back with our capital improvement plan, our maintenance plan, and our vehicle and equipment replacement plan um, to give uh, the city commission a recommendation related to those different uh, elements of our budget. And then follow that up in July with the full city manager's recommended budget, uh, which really focuses more on the operating side um, of the budget. Then in uh, July, later that month, um, one of the key elements that the commission has to uh, do as part of our our budget process is to identify the maximum expenditures that are allowed. Um, and then uh, following that, we have our, our formal public hearing um, and then ultimately our um, adoption of our budget. So uh, this is really um, looking forward to 2022. And then finally, I just wanted to give you all um, some links to some additional information related to the strategic plan um, and our budget. Uh, so the first one is really um, our strategic plan landing page. Uh, the next one is related to our operating budget. And then that third one is really related to our um, capital budgeting. Um, so I wanted to make sure that you all um, had um, those resources available um, to you all. So with that, I will stop sharing my screen. Um, I will take a bit of a pause um, and would be happy to answer any questions uh, that you all may have after that, that long presentation about our strategic plan and our budget. This is Commissioner Collette. Any, any questions from, from other commissioners? Uh, looks like uh, Charlie. Commissioner Brian, MMTC. I just wanted to get quick clarification about the maintenance plan. Uh, are there items that we might be familiar with that are part of the maintenance plan? For example, street maintenance or any of the sidewalk repair work? Uh, this is Danielle Bushcutter, Budget and Strategic Initiatives Administrator. Um, yes, um, the I, I believe both of those are um, have at least a, a component in the maintenance plan. Uh, particularly our street maintenance program, which I think you guys do look at. I think we currently have the sidewalk program um, in our capital improvement plan, um, even though it is more programmatic in nature. Is there, is there a reason, this is Commissioner Collette, is there a reason for the sidewalk plan to be in um, in the uh, CIP rather than the uh, maintenance plan? Is that, is there uh, some this, behind that? Yeah, this is Danielle Bushcutter, Budget and Strategic Initiatives Administrator. Um, I would say a couple things. One is this is the first year we've had kind of the three plans. So there is a little bit of tweaking that I think we will see in the 2022 through 2026 versions of that. Um, so um, you you may you may see that uh, change coming up. Um, I think initially it was um, because we were utilizing those dollars in some instances for um, 
enhancement and kind of new sidewalks. And so we kind of defaulted and said, you know what, that's kind of a new asset. Um, so we'll keep it in the capital improvement plan for the time being, whereas the street maintenance is really centered and focused on maintaining the infrastructure we already have. Um, but that is something that we'll probably look at again um, as we bring forward the 2022 um, version just to kind of clean that up a little bit. So um, we will continue to have some of those conversations. Other questions from commissioners? Uh, yes, Nick. Nick Kuzmiak, MMTC. Um, going back to the strategic plan, uh, Danielle, I was wondering if you could give a couple of examples of strategies that were part of the previous strategic plan, just to give uh, folks an idea of what might be coming with the new one. And on that also, is there maybe gonna be some kind of public solicitation process like there now is with the CIP? Uh, this is Danielle Bushcutter, Budget and Strategic Initiatives Administrator. Um, I'll start with the first question. Our last strategic plan was structured um, very differently. Um, so we had um, the outcome areas, we called them something different, but we had those outcome areas. And the other element of the strategic plan we had in that kind of first iteration were priority initiatives. Um, so um, that's probably what you're thinking about. And some of these were things like uh, reviewing our advisory boards. Um, there were um, some, um, I think East Ninth or Ninth um, East Ninth project, street project was in there. Uh, there were a couple others that I can go and and pull up. Um, but those, that's how that was kind of um, structured. Um, so this is structured a little bit differently. Um, the strategies that we're talking about now um, aren't necessarily new and additional things that we want to do in the next three to five years. It should also encapsulate the work that we're already doing um, and capture those programs that we already have in place. So I think it will be structured quite a bit differently um, kind of in that regard. Um, and kind of getting to your, your second question, um, we will be taking those to the city commission um, again um, to have some of that conversation about um, are these the right strategies? Are we um, kind of looking at this um, in the right way? Um, I think as we talk about the development of this plan um, overall, we really wanted to focus on getting that public engagement on the front end so that it could be incorporated throughout the rest of the process. Um, so I anticipate um, bringing this back to the commission and having a lot of that conversation um, through uh, the budget um, and, and, and kind of having that be kind of the level of um, engagement that we have as we kind of continue to build to build this out. This is Commissioner Collette. Um, so, so I can understand it a little bit better in terms of the process that you're using for developing strategies. Who's involved in that and how is, how is that happening exactly? Yeah, great question. Uh, Danielle Bushcutter, Budget and Strategic Initiatives Administrator. Um, we have identified and put together teams for each of our outcome and commitment teams, um, predominantly made of, of city staff members. Um, and, and those are really the teams that are being tasked with putting together these um, draft strategies for the city commission um, to consider. Um, so those are really the, 
you know, 10 or so folks, give or take, um, are, are making up those different teams for each of our commitment and outcome areas. And the timeline for having those together, is that before the the before the budget or what what timeline are you looking at? Uh, yes, Danielle Bush could her budget and strategic initiatives administrator. Uh, that is ultimately the goal. We really want this uh, strategic plan to inform um, our 2022 budget development process. Um, so um, we are we are in the process of of developing those now so that we can um, kind of present those um, at least in draft form uh, to the commission and to the public before we uh, bring forward the city manager's recommended budget. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I guess this is Commissioner Collette again. I guess in thinking about it, we've been talking. This year, we had a retreat in, in February and developed goals and objectives. And, and uh, Dave has been giving us guidance. And you know we've talked about aligning our goals and objectives and looking at key performance indicators and aligning that with the strategic plan, as well as you know plan 2040, transportation 2040, making sure that those all come, come together. And so I guess I'm, I'm interested in you know what those are going to look like because I mean you you mentioned one of the um, you know strategic plan areas as as one that we would be most interested in but really when I look at those different areas there are a number of those that <laughs> that have some relevance to uh, multimodal transportation and so I think it's going to be a big job to kind of tease that out and and select those that that really represent the kind of work that we need to be doing for the rest of for the rest of the year. And the the 70 indicators you mentioned those have been submitted. Is that on the strategic plan page? This is Danielle Bushcutter, Budget and Strategic Initiatives Administrator. They just went to the City Commission, so I don't know that the link is there. Um, and I knew someone was going to ask that, and I didn't realize it until about five o'clock um, when this meeting started. So um, I uh, can send uh, Dave the link. Dave, if you wouldn't mind sending that out, it will be on that strategic plan page okay. um, right. probably by the end of tomorrow. Right. Other questions from other members of the commission? Yes, Steve. Yes, um, I just want to compliment Danielle that um, your presentations are always excellent and um, very clear. And uh, I think I could probably take a pop quiz and pass it <laughs> without even studying. But um, I really, really appreciate your uh, every year you come to us and um, it's, it's very professional and very understandable. So thank you for that. Um, one comment that I'll have, uh, and I think we've talked about this in our, in our goals, in our planning is, um, and Dave, you might want to chime in on this. Um, uh, when we do get an agenda item, it would be nice to see some of the stuff with respect to the mission and vision and strategic plan and also the budget kind of filtered for us so um, um, so we can 
you know, refer to these documents as we're preparing for our meetings. Um, I know you do that for the city commission items. And um, that's just a comment that I think that would be helpful for us too. Yes, yeah, is Dave Cronus, the engineer. I think that's a, a good point. And as we put together our memos to point out the different outcomes that are item support is is good to note because the work that we do is the with this board is the same um you know on the same uh train as the whole city and um achieving uh these outcomes and so yep we've noted that and we'll uh consider that here as we move forward with items that we bring forward in the future great thank you i'm all set pat thank you Any other comments or questions? Well, thank you, Danielle. I think uh, the other uh, comment I have about your professional uh, presentations is also the the speed with which you can get your name and your whole title out in your introductions is really impressive. It's, <laughs> I've had a lot of practice with that. I appreciate it. <laughs> Well, wonderful. I, uh, Danielle Bush, Federal Budget and Strategic Initiatives Administrator. I always um, appreciate uh, being able to come uh, to this board and, and kind of do a version of this um, every year. Um, I think it's it's um, certainly worth the time, and I appreciate that you all are interested in it as well. So, um, if there are any questions after this, please please let me know, and I'm happy to happy to provide any of that guidance that I can. So, thank you for having me. I really do appreciate it. This is Dave Cronin, the engineer. Uh, Danielle, thanks uh, for attending, and I think this is a great timing as we uh, move forward with, uh, I guess, adopting our goals for the year, and we've kind of uh, tied those into different outcomes of the strategic plan, so it's really great timing, and thanks. And we'll, I'll be sure to send out a link of all of the uh, the 70 performance indicators to everyone here following the meeting. So. Great. Thank you. Thanks, Danielle. This, uh, this is Commissioner Collette. Uh, that's the conclusion of our study sessions. So um, I'd like to take a five minute break before we reconvene for the, for the regular meeting. So it's uh, 5.47, so let's come back at about uh, 5.55, let's say. Give us a little more than five minutes. I think it's uh, six, so we're ready to go. Commissioner Collette, we might do roll call once again for the regular meeting and then get going. So, Allie? Alrighty. Allie Weems, MSO. Charlie Bryan. Present. Gregory Critchlow. Present. Steve Evans. Present. Carol Bowen. Present. Nick Kuzmiak. Uh, present. Tom Allen. Present. Aaron Payton. Lauren Freeman. And Pat Collette. Present. That's seven and two absent. Okay, are we ready to go? 
call the call the meeting to order. The first item of business is to approve the meetings from the uh, minutes from the March first meeting. Um, are there any uh, corrections or comments on those on those minutes? And if not, I'd entertain a motion uh, for approval. This is Commissioner Bryan. I move to approve the minutes from our March meeting. Okay, is, is there a second? <clears throat> second. Excuse me, I come in, TC. Oh, you got it, Carol. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, do you need to call, call the roll again? Yes, please. Ali means MSO. Um, Charlie Bryan. Yes. Gregory Critchlow. Present. Oh, Steve Evans. Steve. Commissioner. I'm sorry. Uh, yes, I approve them. Okay. Carol Bowen. Approve. Nick Kuzmiak. Approve. Tom Allen. I approve. And Pat Collette. Approve. All right. Passes unanimously. Thank you. Uh, next item, this is uh, Commissioner Clett. Next item on the agenda is public comment. Is there uh, anyone uh, present physically? This is Dave Cronin, City Engineer. There is no one present to speak under public comment. Okay. And we did not receive any um, indication of anyone wanting to speak or anyone that we see online. Okay, great. I don't see anyone present, so we'll, um, we'll move on. Uh, next uh, agenda item is to discuss the, um, the MMTC goals and um, approach for completing the work. Um, I, th I believe that uh, David attached the, um, the um, goals and objectives as we had presented them at the at the last meeting and we hadn't received any comment at that time so um we're using that as the basis for the discussion tonight with the uh, expectation that we'd like to formally uh, vote on vote on approval for those um, goals and objectives um any general comments or questions at this point i have a couple of things i'd like to say about it, I guess, just in terms of, um, you know, when I look at this list, I, you know, I really see the, the highlights generally as aligning with the strategic city strategic plan, formalizing community engagement, ensuring equity, measuring performance, and ensuring collaboration with other key city community stakeholders. And you know the presentation that we just heard from Danielle—that's <laughs> that's kind of embodied in the in the uh, city strategic plan. Uh, you know, so in terms of the of the goals and objectives that we developed, I think we're in a good position in terms of, of starting out at least of matching up with uh, with that with the city strategic plan. Um, but what I would like is if we could just kind of go around. Um, the room, so to speak, <laughs> and have each commissioner 
um, just identify, you know, one one of these goals that really, um, you know, basically that you see as, you know, something you would be really behind champion, championing um, for the coming year, you know, and whether that's, you know, eventually that we uh, put together a, a um, you know, subcommittee to address a particular issue or, um, you know, really to, to work through some of these objectives, but just to kind of get a sense um, more specifically of the, of the areas that you would be most interested in, in working on individually. Um, and of course, as we'll work on it as a commission as well, but there may be some other things for the year that, uh, you know, in, in terms of really um, taking, taking it forward. So um, I guess I'll just use the, the screen as the, as my uh, round table and, and uh, start with uh, Commissioner Allen. Do you have any, any thoughts about yeah. it? Um, well, I think one thing that I'm interested in in terms of connectivity is really um, continuing to support some of the support some of the bicycling efforts, um, but more in the areas that um, maybe have less connectivity. Um, so I think I think that's one of the things that I would be interested in focusing on. This is Commissioner Collette. So kind of more specifically, is that embed, you see that as embedded more particularly in any of these particular goals and objectives? Yeah, well, um, uh, maybe, maybe, um, I guess maybe come back to me. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm trying to, trying to like formulate uh, I feel feel like I'm on the spot here, so come back to me in one minute. So sure, yeah, sorry, this is Commissioner Brian. I'd be happy to. Okay, great. To just start some discussion. Great. <clears throat> so I just wanted to <clears throat> acknowledge that we received a public comment from Mr. Thornburg. Um, he's a longtime uh, contributor to some discussions in our community about bicycling infrastructure. And I was trying to think about where, how he might be responsive to his comments. In the past, he's often made remarks about bicycle parking. His comments this time didn't really address that. But I thought um, the goal around making transportation a part of the unique identity for Lawrence and the objective regarding reviewing peer communities <clears throat> might be an a way to kind of position his, uh, some of his interests around um, bicycle parking that he's had over the years. And then his interest in trying to address bicycle uh, theft <clears throat> and the um, safety stop. Perhaps those are things that could be part of a peer review, um, peer community review process. And I thought um, it would kind of be useful for us to understand better about the bicycle laws that are um, available to us as <clears throat> a city in Kansas. Sometimes things such as a safety stop um, are preempted by a state law. I'm not sure if that's the case, but often uh, we start looking around the country and seeing things that make it make you know make you kind of get excited about what we can do. I need to better understand what state law allows us to do. <clears throat> so I was thinking 
you know, this one is an intriguing one for me, the making transportation a part of what makes Lawrence unique. I think that is already something that makes us unique, but there's probably more we can do. Um, bicycle parking is one thing that seems obvious to make us more unique. Uh, I don't know about theft, <clears throat> if there's some special program we could do, but <clears throat> um, anyway, that's just my thoughts, I'm kind of trying to incorporate his feedback and also just our our goal around making Lawrence known for bicycling. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> this is Commissioner Klett, uh, Chair of MMTC. Um, the bicycle theft comment, you know, when I reread the letter, you know, you really talked about some metrics around it, you know, that we, uh, you know, there's a lot of anecdotal evidence about <laughs> bicycle theft. We, we know it's an issue, but we don't know I mean, I don't think there's a metric around that to, to know uh, exactly what's happening and if it is uh, uh, significantly increasing. You know, I certainly know people have had their bicycles stolen and and you specifically mentioned, Nick, and your your experience with, with bicycle theft. So, I mean, um, whether there's something that specific that we can act on, but, you know, at least the, the metrics around it to know um, you know, what the extent of the problem is would be one possibility. This is Dave Kearns, the engineer. Um, I believe our police department does keep track of that data. So if you were interested in just having an understanding of the, the data or the numbers, we could certainly provide that. And then maybe that'll help you. Uh, maybe we'll see something in that data that um, is important. So um, we could... Uh, we could look into that a little further. Commissioner Clark, that sounds great. And Jessica Mortinger is on the line too. If there's questions on that or anything else that um, may also that she has input on for data that we may have, um, she can chime in. Yeah, Jessica Mortinger, Transportation Planning Manager for the MPO. We've had some staff level conversations around bicycle theft with as part of our staff team for multimodal transportation. Um, we have since gotten a new police from a, a law enforcement liaison on that group. And so um, I think we can take that back to that team and have a conversation about their process and procedure. If it's a future study session, you want to to hear more from them about how they handle theft of bicycles as property and or bicycle registration, which we have regulation for in ordinance, but I'm not sure how, how much in actuality we have programming for registration, registering bicycles. And so there could be some work done, I think, on that front. Um, in regard to that, I saw a recent post by the city of Topeka, who's using a new national partner um, that allows people to register uh, thieved bikes and uh, partnered with the Topeka Police Department to help recover stolen property. And they had recently recovered a bicycle um, and were highlighting that on social media. It's where I saw that. But I think there's some more work that can be done there if that's something you're interested in exploring. Thank you, Zmiak, MMTC. Um, I kind of wanted to add on to, Ch Ch Charlie, what you were saying. And um, Pat, this is sort of in regards to, I feel like we discussed this, but I'm not seeing it in the minutes, um, that, that there is maybe a bit of self-homework, at least that I pointed to myself, um, to try to figure out on all these goals and individual action items on them, 
whether any of them were amenable to forming kind of a small task force, working group, committee, whatever you want to call it, to kind of get it done um, with more people who are kind of more specifically devoted to that task instead of trying to accomplish that in these larger meetings. I, th I think by dividing and conquering, we may be able to get a lot more done this year than we have in previous years. Um, like, for example, in, I guess, 2019, we tackled, let's see, parkings and access and loading standards. We tackled multi, sorry, the micro mobility ordinance. Um, I feel like uh, something else. And those groups met maybe once every two weeks or so as needed, but it was only maybe five people and we were able to get a lot more done in kind of that small group setting. Um, so what I would recommend for this, and I, I may or may not have gone over this last time, but would be that a couple of these goals are amenable to that small group format. And a couple are even potentially appropriate for having external stakeholders on those groups as well, depending on the uh, legality of that with coma and whatnot. Um, so for, for example, when I was looking through the one that Charlie, you were saying the uh, unique identity for Lawrence, I was thinking that sounds like the kind of thing where we can involve, you know, Mr. Thornborg or even Mr. Allman, who in uh, as part of their passion, basically research and even visit these cities that do have an unmistakable transportation identity and maybe avail ourselves of their passion and their expertise to try to, you know, make our job easier, but also get more direct citizen input. So I don't know what y'all think about that, but I, it, it, I don't know. As Steve likes to say, I'm a process guy. And at this point, I'm trying to think of the process for how we want to actually accomplish this. Um, so Pat, I'll leave it up to you as the uh, chair here, but just as that. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you, Nick. This is Commissioner Collette. And that's really the genesis for having the discussion about having people identify which of these they feel most passionate about and would be most interested in working on. Um, David and I have had some conversations about that. You know, you'd send an email about, um, you know, the possibility of starting with um, something like the, you know, a subcommittee that could work on putting together the your your turn session so that those could actually happen, and then this other one with a unique identity that that you know since it does take some research to you know look into other communities and what's going on that that would be an ideal um, subcommittee too is what is what you mentioned. Dave cautioned us, and and Dave maybe you want to weigh in on this it, um, just in terms of. Uh, the ability to support too many subcommittees at once, you know, so phasing those in uh, to make that happen, um, you know, and so, um, but, but perhaps Dave can give us a little more guidance on that. And I know we talked about uh, the involvement of other people outside of the commission. And I don't, I don't know that we got, a, that we understand, a, you know, clearly how that could be done or if that can be done. Um, Dave, do you have some comments on that? Yeah, Dave Cronin, city engineer. Um, yeah, I, I would just caution on setting up a number of committees all at once, just depending on uh, the staff capacity that's needed to help, um, depending on, you know, what the topic is. Um, and, you know, certainly committees can um, also seek input from members of the public and if they're subject matter experts on a, in a particular um, area um, that uh, uh, needs to be involved in reviewing uh, the, uh, uh, the goal of the, of the committee can certainly 
be included in in that review. So yeah, I think we're just trying tonight to identify maybe a couple of uh, you know top priorities that we can just begin discussing how to approach that, whether it's a committee work or maybe a study session to get more information and then determine um, you know if a, if a committee is needed or, or how to go about that. So um, yeah, we're, we're open. We're open. I just um, wanted to caution that we just wanted to uh, be cognizant of staff time that we, you know, to help facilitate the meetings. And I would be happy to chime in whenever. I would like to hear from everybody too, but. Um, Great, that would, yeah, go ahead, Steve. Well, I think that overall, this is a, a great document. It's uh, manageable and you can find stuff and uh, it clearly documents what we talked about. The two that, um, that pop out to me would be um, foster coordination between MMTC and community stakeholders and elevate equity and transportation decision-making. And I think they're very closely connected. Um, I know Charlie has been a proponent for as long as we've been doing this about more public involvement and how can we be doing more of that and doing a better job at that. And when I think about our, our role and our mission, it's to um, enhance the ability of the city commission to do what they do and getting community input, uh, both for ourselves and for the city commission is a big deal for us. That's kind of our job, <laughs> if you wanna look at it in that way. And so uh, if it's your turn, I think everybody's really kind of excited about how that went and um, you know I think that's um, that's definitely a good format but when Joey Hensler talked to us um, he said something I'll never forget and it's like who's not able to be here you know I mean who in the community uh, out there is not able to come to our meetings to give us input to talk to us about you know, their lives in this community. And I, I really think that we, we, we can help figure out how to do that. And I'm not sitting here tonight thinking I've got a great idea on how to do that. Maybe other people do, but um, I think, you know, we can really raise the bar for community involvement here in maybe a non-traditional way. Um, you know, away from the, uh, you know, the tables and, you know, and very, very effective things like that. I'm not being critical of them, but I just think if you can bring more of the community people and the people that don't come to city commission meetings and don't come to our meetings, maybe don't even know they exist, how somehow we can connect with them as well as you know, the obvious choices with other community people. So those are my two. Um, but um, I think uh, overall, this is a great document. We just got to use it. Exactly. Thank you, Steve. This is Commissioner Collette and kind of tagging on to your 
comments and how I kind of see a lot of this interrelated, you know, two of our objectives or one of our objectives was to have two your turn sessions through the year. And because equity came up a number of times and sustainability a number of times, it's, it made sense to, to look at the possibility of maybe having thematic your turn. So one around equity issues and another one around sustainability. How does, what do people think about that? I think it's a great idea. Yeah, you know, just thought that it would be a, a way to focus our discussion. You know, we could have still the, a number of stakeholders or, you know, look at ways to get people, just like you said, Steve, that, you know, that can really provide the input that we need. Um, you know, I think the questions that, I don't know who put those together with the your turn session that I went to in January, whether that was you, Nick, or, but I thought those questions that were asked of the stakeholders were really great questions and really led to some very fruitful um, discussion and some insight on the, you know, the link between those organizations and the things that we do, um, you know, so we might want to look at those again and maybe thinking along the lines of those themes, maybe they need to be tweaked a little bit, but, um, um, you know, that, that it would make sense to, to be able to put that together and really help us move forward on these goals that are around um, the equity issues and sustainability. Commissioner Critchlow, may I speak? Or yes, please. Expand on that? So, you know, I've been, um, I would be interested in both the equity, but also the, uh, the identity of Lawrence Transit, because I think at some point they uh, have, I, I think the identity is covers a lot of the issues that we're talking about on the goal planning, but we're, I wasn't, I'm not terribly familiar with the Your Turn project, but I think if you're looking at to reach some of the equity voices or equitable voices, is that something maybe even more informal as in people who are using multimodal transit, such as buses or things of that nature, and having kiosk at bus stops or incorporating into the transit system itself. And so there's not, an, um, you eliminate the kind of opportunity to have to go to a formal setting where you're already at that point. Um, that's an idea. But in terms of the identity and the equity as well, is that connectivity from Lawrence and beyond the Lawrence borders, how does that start to look at employment? Do people have to get to employment beyond Lawrence? Um, is there an opportunity to start looking at those issues of the multimodal transit extending beyond that and making that easier as well? Um, I think I had expressed in a couple of meetings ago about coming from Boulder and having those uh, similar size and identity as Lords, but having those shuttles taking people outside of the community to be able to experience beyond the border at that point. So that those 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 are a couple of points that I think would um, I'd be interested in investigating and working on as well. That's that's great. Thanks. Yeah, I think that you know that whole connectivity. You know, and again, that's something that has come up in the in the city strategic plan, and it's something that. 
you know, that we've talked about and, and really matches up, I think, with, with the work that we would want to do. And, and I do think it fits into that community identity um, slot, you know, in terms of really looking at how other communities have, have done a good job of, of in, incorporating all of those elements. Um, and may I go and jump in again? Uh, sure, Tom. Hey, Tom Allen, welcome to the Transportation Commissioner. And so, I mean, I, I think, um, sorry, um, I, I was hadn't pulled up all the lists here um, when I was speaking earlier, but um, so I think what I was trying to address was also the equity in transportation um, and linking back into some of those other issues. And then the other thing that I'm also um, continuing to be interested in is the environmental impacts. And I think I think really part of that is also just thinking about um, current trends in our our um, uh, administration and uh, our current president, and how we can maybe hopefully leverage some of the uh, the things that might be happening into what we're doing. So um, I feel like I tend to stay up to date with a lot of different things related to that and sustainability. And so I'd like to see how maybe we could start to pull in some of these future opportunities into um, into ours. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, I think, yeah, there's some exciting things coming from the federal level in terms of, you know, new directions and, you know, more support for multimodal transportation, it seems like, and um, and I'm hopeful that, that, <laughs> that that's the case. It, it seems to be going that direction. So, you know, being aware of that certainly is, is something that would uh, would serve us well. Commissioner Bowen, um, every time I hear someone speak I, speak, I change my mind about what my priorities are because they all sound good. Uh, I, I'm really impressed with, with the comments that are being made. But what, what I'm sorry, I can't stop that darn thing. Um, I'm thinking about the overall picture. The Traffic, Traffic Safety Commission you had an item, you took care of it, you recommended it to the city commission and you say, I did this. But now we're supposed to make recommendations to the city commission, we're not doing that. And I'm looking at these goals, which are wonderful, but what is the product? What, what actual changes are we making that we can recommend to the city commission? So this is Commissioner Klett. So Carol, within the the goals and objectives that we developed, do you see a way of of shaping that? I guess, you know, for me, um, you know, being a really there are a couple of them that really address the key performance indicators, you know, and so the city has those key performance and indicators. The transportation 2040 has those. Um, plan 2040 has those. And you know, really looking at our role and you know, developing some performance measures for us as a commission, <laughs> and that at the end of the year we we can show some some progress along those lines. So I, I don't know what that looks like yet, though. I I'm, because I'm you know I'm so new to the commission, I'm not quite sure in terms. I mean, there are a lot of things that um, you know that I see as far as things that are coming up in response to 
you know, putting, having some input, like, you know, I mean, basically, you know, some input into the transit route design and some of the, you know, the interface with some of the other, um, with the other groups, but really being able to kind of nail that down a little bit in terms of what, what shows that we've, you know, that we've made progress in this year. Kuzmiak MMTC. Um, it seems that I think we've mostly gone around and stated our priorities. I, and I realized I might be the last one. Um, so uh, to rectify that, I would say I really think that community engagement and equity is a huge priority. But I think, Pat, the original question you asked is which one would you be interested in heading up? And I don't think I'm necessarily as qualified as some others on this board for that. Um, what I do think I would be qualified for, however, is the one about assessing environmental impacts of projects reviewed by MMTC. So I think by starting to better engage with the Sustainability Advisory Board and um, and to also be integrating the City Commission's approved five sustainability principles, um, I think that that's the kind of stuff that we could start doing fairly quickly. Um, I mean, these these deliverables would basically be kind of tweaking our agendas to more reflect how we're addressing city goals so um and just starting the conversation with sustainability advisory board so i think th those are fairly easy turnaround items that could be done with um either with just a single person or with a small committee so mm -hmm. um just throwing my head into the ring for that one great Yeah, we have on the, you know, we have on our, on this list, on this document, as far as study sessions, is meeting with a sustainability advisory committee. So that, you know, that could be a starting point with, um, you know, with doing that and looking at the ways to, um, you know, to integrate that within uh, some of the things that, that we're doing. And, you know, kind of going back to discussion with Danielle and, and um, with David's comments, and I think you suggested it, uh, Nick, uh, was in terms of our agenda items, um, you know, identifying on those, the strategic, how they, you know, how they fit within the strategic goal. But I think, you know, additionally, how they fit in with, um, with the goals that we have here. So just monitoring our progress on these goals with each of the, with each of the items that come up on the agenda. And, you know, how, do, how are we addressing, uh, addressing those as we go through the year and checking back, you know, quarterly or something along those lines so that we, that we, that we see we are making progress and that there's Thank some you. documentation of that because <laughs> we go along and, and, uh, you know, remembering what we did in January, when you get to December, there's a lot of things that happen, but, but, you know, having, having some, some sort of a documentation that really shows, um, shows that progress would be helpful to me. Kuzmiak MMTC. Um, yeah, I agree. And I, I think that that's probably what the output of that particular initiative is going to look like, is that it's going to kind of start things. You know, it, it may not necessarily be a deliverable. And that reminds me of, Carol, what you were saying about, you know, what, what, what exactly are we going to be doing about these? Are we going to be creating certain recommendations for the city, uh, city commission? And I think for some of these initiatives, that answer is absolutely. Um, I think there are certain goals and subtasks here that will probably directly feed into, you know, 
staff, we would ask you to do this. City commission, we highly recommend that you do this. Um, other advisory board, here's what we think you should do. Um, but I think with something like this environmental impacts, you know, strategic initiative here, it, it'll start the conversation. And I think we will find through continued interaction with the sustainability advisory board that we may uncover, you know, more concrete deliverables that we didn't necessarily know um, were going to happen in the first place. So I think all these initiatives are kind of different in their deliverability, if that makes any sense. Um, and this one is a lot more nebulous at this time. So I think as we uncover more, we should hopefully be able to kind of find our purpose, as it were, when it comes to environmental stuff. This is uh, Commissioner Evans, Pat. I just have a few a few comments to make here. I want to go back to what Carol said. Um, um, I think it's really important. I think that this group needs to have something to hang our hats on. Um, and, you, you, you know, that can be specific actions and recommendations. And that's part of what we do. Um, I've probably driven that over the years um, as much as I could. And, and now after the U-turn, uh, your turn, I'm sorry, I'm thinking, gee, that's something we can do that's, that's not kind of um, a nail on the head or something real specific. It's more general, but just as important. So I guess what I'm saying is that would be one area that I would be interested in, you know, looking at a little closer. And um, based on what Gregory said, I, I'd sure invite him to join me um, if that's something that... Um, that would be dear to his heart and something that would um, we could work on together. I think that would work well. Uh, Commissioner Critchlow, I, I, I would agree. Great, thank you. This is Commissioner Collette, um, but kind of back to, you know, Carol's comment too. I, you know, we've had suggestions um, um, you know, in terms of looking at the subdivision standards and standards for bikeways intersection design, um, you know, in terms of some of those kinds of specifics that, you know, would be recommendations, um, you know, potentially recommendations to the, to the city commission. And, um, you know, so there are some, some opportunities there, um, you know, as far as kind of looking at, at, um, you know, some of, some of those issues as well. And I mean, and it fits in with, I think, a number of the items that we're, you know, that we're talking about here. You know, and, and perhaps, you know, kind of, you know, we talked at the beginning as far as the, you know, the recommendations as far as the safety, the safety stop or the yield to stop uh, standard and the, you know, bicycle parking and, and, um, you know, looking at bicycle theft, those are all kind of specific um, elements to work on. Um, but within creating this identity, this unique identity for Lawrence for multimodal transportation and support of, of um, you know, bike ped and other, um, you know, bike ped and transit and you know, really that connectivity within the within the city. And you know, if you look at the 
you know, lists of performance standards in 24, I pulled those up to kind of remind myself, you know, and so there are some specific measurements for bike ped, but then there's also, um, you know, the, the safety elements. And, and so those are all, uh, those are all elements that, that we should be looking at. And certainly as the precursor, you know, as Transit Safety Commission being a precursor to this commission. And so one element certainly of what we're looking at in terms of transportation safety uh, that that should be on our radar. This is uh, Commissioner Evans again, uh, real briefly. I, th I think we're, Pat, it looks to me like we are zeroing in on three of these items. And I think it's kind of natural that they're maybe more actionable than some of the other stuff that talks about reviewing, participating in a transportation 2040. All those things are great, but these things seem to be um, maybe a little easier to get down to the nitty gritty on. I do think that another one that uh, I think Gregory brought up was the unique identity. And um, I'd probably uh, uh, point that as to if I were going to pick my top four, that would be that would be one of those top fours in no particular order. And um, I uh, I hope it's appropriate, but I'm, on my citizen hat, I'm dealing with a group of people that are um, looking at some transportation issues, primarily with bike and ped uh, development in town that um, would bring a uh, definite unique identity to town. And um, um, so I think, you know, there are citizen groups out there that are doing some work in that regard too. Uh, so those four would be mine. And I'd be happy to look at the, the one about coordination between our group and community stakeholders with Gregory. And if we do get to public comment, I think Michael might want to add to what I said too. So, uh, it's all for me for now, Pat. Great, thanks. This is Commissioner Collette. So, you know, Steve, you said okay, we're zeroing in on on three. What are your What are your three that that you're seeing as as far as this discussion? I mean, the unique identity. Oh, are you asking me, Pat? Yes, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, uh, unique identity. Well, those four right there in, in a row. Foster coordination between MMTC and community. Assess environmental impacts. And uh, elevate equity and transportation. Okay. Now, those are mine. Other people need to chime in here, too. But uh, those would be, to me, that would seem the most actionable and doable at a committee level and something that we could uh, have an impact with. I'm kind of going, uh, this is Commissioner Collette, kind of going back to, you know, Dave's caution about forming too many subcommittees. I mean, I think some of these, you know, could could be a, a subcommittee and others that we can start to deal with them in a study session. So it might not be um, you know, might be a, a start and then we could phase in a subcommittee uh, later in the year 
um, to, you know, to uh, to address it, but that we might want to start out with uh, just just one or two uh, to begin with, and uh, um, you know, to to get us get us going in that direction. And I guess what I would see is is I would really like to get the um, the your turn sessions kind of put together, you know, with the with like I said, the theme of the of equity and sustainability, uh, and then maybe um, a subcommittee that could start the you know the peer review of of uh, of other of other cities in terms of that unique identity, um, you know, and that's gonna you know I think I think that's gonna take a little more time and and uh, and an effort to you know to get really get. Um, you know, something useful put together that that we could start, you know, that we could really start working on and make make recommendations, um, you know, for those elements. What what do the rest of you think about that as an approach? Commissioner I, I would, I think it's a, a valid approach. You know, just the comparison to other like communities, we just have to be careful that we understand all the participants that are involved. Um, because sometimes they might look very similar, but there's these nuances, uh, both citizenship-wise and administration-wise, that makes the difference between the two. But if we look at the uh, embedded infrastructure, I think that could be the comparison between other uh, communities that are doing uh, forward thinking with their transit opportunities. And, and, I, and when you say the investigation as a subcommittee, I believe that's what a subcommittee can start to understand. It's like, is understand what are those infrastructures and what makes them more feasible in that community versus Lawrence and how Lawrence can make it feasible for itself as well. But I think that's part of the investigation. It's just the careful understanding of that research, not just saying that we, that can't be done just because it's being done somewhere else. This Commissioner Klett, exactly. I think those are really good comments and good cautionary. And, and, you know, again, uh, you know, this, the, city um, strategic plan, you know, in terms of the unique identity. So there may be some some things in there that we, you know, that we can build on, um, you know, in terms of what what they're what they're looking at. But I, you know, I, I remember from the work on the bike ped task force that, you know, we were, you know, looking at peer communities. And it's, you know, it's a struggle to to find, you know, for everything to line up, you have to be really careful about you know what elements you're you're looking at to to compare your compare your city to, and to, you know find things that would be feasible to implement. Uh, Commissioner Evans, again, Pat, I think your recommendation is is on the money. I think that um, uh, starting with one now um, and not four makes the most sense, um, and. Uh, I think the uh, I'd, I'd vote for your turn slash equity, although I'm, 
you know, I, I, I do want to connect those, but I think that's one that um, we could get off and running here in the next couple of months if we work on it. Great. I think that's Commissioner Bowen, uh -huh. um, whatever we chose to do, I think we ought to make a practice of keeping these things handy and making anecdotal notes at the end of every meeting. Things that might apply and we can elaborate on later. Commissioner Collette, are you anecdotal notes on on the uh, goals and objectives, is that what you're referring to? Okay, I understand. Yeah, I, I, you know, the ongoing record of, of how we're, you know, you know, because even like we've said, you know, making notation on the agenda items, um, you know, for how, how we see that fitting with what we're, what we're doing. Okay, I think, um, I mean, I think our order of business might be First, to um, uh, have a vote on accepting uh, the uh, the goals and objectives as they were presented here, um, to make sure that we're that we're um, that we're all in agreement with with the content and whether there's anything else that needs to be tweaked. Uh, and then I would like to uh, get volunteers for. Um, a subcommittee that would be looking at the um, um, the uh, your turn session on uh, around the equity issue, and I haven't looked at the we, we would need to figure out when we would want that to happen. I guess we, you know we can you know have a have the uh, subcommittee kind of identify uh, a target and kind of within. Um, what we already have set up with study sessions and what what might work best, but you know I think um, you know you know three or or four volunteers probably I mean three might be enough, but if there are more people who want to work on it, I think that's fine as long as we're you know less than less than five, <laughs> and uh, um, and then we could and then we can move forward and. Um, and then come back to it next month and, and we can talk a little bit more about, you know, moving forward with uh, a timeline for subcommittee for, um, you know, for the unique identity. Uh, but, you know, kind of heeding uh, David's call for, um, you know, for not you know, launching a bunch of these <laughs> subcommittees. So start with one and, and move forward. Excuse me, I got MTC. Um... I just wanted to go over a couple of things just to make sure I'm following along correctly. So first up would be a your turn slash equity committee that would immediately start working towards scheduling at least one of those. Eventually there would be a second committee that would study transportation practices in other cities that could be adopted to create a more unique identity for Lawrence transportation. Is that correct? That's were there any, were there any other initiatives that I thought we'd said three or four, but I don't know if I've been paying attention closely mm -hmm. enough. Well, this is Commissioner Clad, I think the other thing is then, you know, because we're talking about two your turn sessions, one on equity and one on sustainability, um, we could do, and, and I think that's that still could happen, but we could start with a study, include a study session with the Sustainability Advisory Committee, uh, and then, 
you know, expand on that, you know, based on that study session to see if there are some additional issues and, and bringing in some other stakeholders for, for that discussion. Okay. Nick yeah. Kuzmiak, MMTC. Um, in that case, that sounds like something that might almost be happening simultaneously to these effort, other efforts. Um, I mean, if you want, I can offer to, to reach out to Jasmine and whoever is the uh, citizen leader of the Sustainability Advisory Board to get that conversation started at least, mm -hmm. and maybe kind of prep them for a study session sometime in the next three to six months or so. Yeah, that this Commissioner Clett, that uh, that's that sounds fine. I think um, you know we just can look at our calendar. We'll get get to that and look at the calendar. We may not, we can either you know pick a month or. Um, you know, we can lay that open for now until you have a chance to have that discussion and see what might work for the for the study session, and then and then get that get that on the calendar. So, yeah, this is the city engineer. I'd like to just jump in and say that uh, staff can help uh, facilitate uh, some coordination with uh, other staff and boards on timing and schedule. Um, I'm not familiar with what is, you know, the workload sustainability advisory committee currently and their schedule and being able to do that coordination. So um, I think this is a good conversation. Um, and I think a lot of this is, um, you know, we got uh, the year to do it, to, to complete this work. And it's just a matter of working through schedules and, and ways to do that. So um, I'm definitely heard the a priority of the your turn equity uh, uh, conversation and sustainability and we can start um, working to help facilitate uh, how to uh, get these meetings and discussions going um, so we could come back and um, or if if we do uh, create a, a committee to look at equity and issues and come up with questions and identify those that you'd like to, uh, you see a stakeholders to invite to a your, your turn conversation, um, we can then um, work with that committee to uh, find the best way to get it scheduled. This is Commissioner Evans. I think I need to, to uh, add a little, maybe I was a little misleading here, but the, um, the communication part of this in terms of a connection to the equity part of this, in my mind, doesn't cover everything under the equity category. Basically, I'd be talking to people like the, um, the director of equity um, that, that's listed here, and maybe even Joey Hensler in trying to identify how more people can can get in front of us to talk to us about their lives in the community. And so it, it's, it's not a broad look at equity is not what I had in mind. It was just a piece of that in terms of the communication aspect of it, if that makes sense. That's what I was thinking in, in connecting those. So there may indeed be a broader point where there's a group looking at equity. Yeah, this Commissioner Collette, and I, you know, I think you're right. There's, there's one in terms of the inclusion of voices in those dis decisions, and then the other one is in terms of as we're making decisions, what what elements need to be included 
to make sure we're being equitable in our in our recommendations and decisions. Right, uh, right. Because on each as they, as we make each decision, we're not going to have access to all of those groups. I think you know we need we need that input and that you know that that process. But but as we go through our you know as our decision making and you know what elements do we need to include in terms of equity? This is Dave Cronus, the engineer. I guess if you would look at the objectives under the elevate equity and transportation decision making. Um, is there any objectives that you would see that we would need to add? Well, maybe this Commissioner Evans, maybe as we get further into it, I can't think of anything I'd add to this at the moment. Um, I think it's a great start, but most of these things are going to involve some, I would, I would guess. This is Commissioner Clett. I think if we make it through this list of list of objectives, we're going to be making some some good progress. I think you know, and I think others other things may uh, be generated from that discussion and those efforts, but. Uh, that might be unknown to us yet until you know until we have more more discussion around it. But all right. Well, um, I guess at this point, I'd like to uh, entertain a motion for accepting the goals and objectives uh, as developed at our um, at our February retreat and further refined by the by the uh, commission. Excuse me, I got MMTC. I almost for, uh, forgot, Michael almost had his hand up for a while. It may be good to get public comment yeah. before we go into a vote. Okay, yeah. Sorry, sorry I should have mentioned that earlier. Yeah, I didn't I didn't see that. I was, <laughs> uh, Michael, would you like to make your comment? I'm sorry. Uh, yes, thank you, I, I would indeed. Um, and I do appreciate Mr. Kuzmiak suggesting it before the vote. Um, I know you want closure. You want to wrap this up, and that's understandable, of course. Um, I, however, am going to be a bit of a curmudgeon here and recommend that you do not vote on this. So thanks for the timing. I want to thank uh, Carol Bowen, particularly. What is the product? That is the elephant in the room here. Um, you know, there's great content in this table. I have no fault with the content at all, but I, I do find it very lacking in what the focus is. If you're not going to list actual goals, actionable items, product deliverables, whatever, real functional goals, this is, uh, it, it's only partial. Is it um, I know that you know you have these goals in the back of your minds. You've been talking about several tonight, and you have them there as what you're thinking that this might lead to. But why? Why are they in the back of your mind? Why aren't they at the very front of this list? You know, I mean, what you have here is kind of what staff directed and framed the discussion at your retreat. It's um, 
its functionalities and its procedures. Everything listed here as a goal is a functionality, a procedure, a process, not a deliverable. If you really want some goals in here, put them in there, make, make one more column that has a goal and everything in this table will be supportive, will be the steps that you take to the goals. And I'm thinking of some of the things you mentioned already, but um, a complete bikeway network. I mean, isn't that our goal ultimately? And then the objectives, wouldn't that be something like five miles of protected bike lanes a year or, um, or $2 million worth of bikeways or something like that as an objective? Another objective could be coordinating with the sustainability advisory board to identify, you know, areas for bikeways. Yeah, th those are objectives, but the goal is the bikeways themselves. Similarly, revised subdivision regulations, which you mentioned again, um, street design standards, that's, a, that's an actual goal. Or a bus fleet that's 100% electrified, that's a real goal, something tangible. So I, I, I strongly urge you to step back for one more study session, revise this table to actually list your goals, real goals, and then everything else in the table is process and objectives. Um, that way it would carry meaning. People could look at it and see what, what really you're intending to do. So anyway, that's my suggestion. And you know, if, if you wanna take a step back a bit and then two steps forward next month, whatever, I mean, I think it would make it much more real. So thank you. Thank you, Michael. Other comments from the commissioners? Nick Kuzmiak, MMTC. Um, as much of a, a, you know, of a concrete engineering guy as I am, but sorry, not an actual structural engineer, but an engineer who works concrete results, I think I'm going to have to push back on that because much as the city needs to first have their goals set before they start to um, articulate exactly what the concrete outcomes are going to be, I think that's sort of the direction that we're trying to take here on the MMTC. And that is to, to make sure that we first have our ducks in a row in terms of exploring what other stakeholders uh, require of us and where those synergies could take us in terms of um, actually informing the end goals. I think if we if we had to very quickly jot down our five most wanted transportation things in Lawrence, we would probably come up with similar things, but we may be coming from a position that is different from others in the community. So I think in, until we start talking to the Sustainability Advisory Board, the Planning Commission, the um, you know, whatever other groups and stakeholders end up being involved in the equity discussions. I think it's going to be hard to say this is what Lawrence needs. I think it might be until then, this is what the MMTC commissioners are pretty sure that we need and staff, you know, because those are the voices that we hear so far. So I, I know it can be frustrating to seem like we're so close to actually getting some goals down on paper, but I, re I really think that this is going to be the year where we can kind of buckle down and, you know, within these discrete initiatives, figure out what the goals sh should really be informed by the stakeholders who are going to 
you know, be affected by them the most. So I don't know if that's just a good way of passing the buck with fancy language, but um, I'd be interested to hear other commissioners thoughts on that. This is, <clears throat> this is Commissioner Brian. I have to agree with you, Nick. Um, I think what we're we're in a space where I mean, I kind of agree with uh, Michael as well, but we can play semantics around goals, objectives. I think what we're trying to do is get clear on what our priorities are and trying to make progress on those priorities is not going to be uh, nice and tidy. It's going to, it's going to probably look a little messy, especially if we're trying to do better at engaging the community and what we think are the priorities. Um, what I'm hearing is, we think it's important for transportation to be part of our unique identity that we look to how do we improve on the environmental impact the transportation decisions make and how do we ensure equity in transportation. <clears throat> I, to me, those are the three that I heard most in this discussion tonight. And I feel like the issue around using your turn is more about a particular tactic to advance that priority. Um, I, I, I kind of would say it's not going to look nice and tidy like maybe a well-developed strategic plan would, but it's it's a step toward making clear clear to the community what we think are priorities and trying to deepen our engagement with the community on those priorities. Thank you. Thank you, Charlie. Other comments? Commissioner um, Bowen. Um, I too agree with both. I guess my original concern with the goals and objectives that we set out is that they're all great, but is it, but is it all talk and no action? Because you don't really see a product. On the other hand, what Charlie says, we can't assume what the product is until we've talked to people. So perhaps what we ought to be doing is incorporating uh, getting a sense of the community where it thinks it should be in each one of our goals. This is Commissioner Evans. I, um, I, I guess um, I do agree somewhat with Michael, but in a way um, I do see goals and objectives. And when I look at environmental impact, hold a joint study session to identify work that may impact both boards. That is something specific to me, and that's not a PowerPoint. You know, that's okay. What are we working on that we can overlap with? And I do see in the second column, some goals and objectives and some measurable things that we can do. So um, I'm very comfortable with uh, uh, making a motion that we accept uh, this document and um, and start the sub subcommittee work with um, with staff uh, helping us along the way to get that organized. Thank you, thank you, Commissioner Evans. Um, we have a have a motion. Is there a second? Kuzmiak, MMTC, I'll second. Thank you. Uh, 
uh, Alec, would you, or is there any further discussion before we move to a, to a vote? All right, Allie, would you like to call the roll? Yeah. Allie Weems, MSO. Charlie Bryan. Aye. Gregory Critchlow. Yes. Steve Evans. Yes. Carol Bowen. Yes. Nick Kuzmiak. Yes. Tom Allen. Yes. And Pat Collette. Yes. All right. It's unanimous seven zero. Thank you. So this commissioner Collette, the, the second uh, part of that, then I would like to uh, have some volunteers for um, uh, a subcommittee to look at uh, setting up a, um, you know, developing a your turn session around uh, the issue of equity. Um, do we have some, some volunteers for that? Steve? And Gregory? Great, thank you. Any and I, I'd like to make a request that um, Dave, could you could you um, uh, see if our director of equity could join us for what may be a kickoff meeting if you think that's appropriate? Yeah, Dave Kronz, the engineer. Yes, uh, Commissioner Evans, we can do that. Thank you. And, and I might um, I might add I don't know if we necessarily need to form like an official committee or a subcommittee on this maybe if I can just work with uh, Commissioner Evans and Critchlow on on the your term form and um, that might be the best thing, best way to go about it versus forming an official committee okay excuse me like MMTC I may add that you may want to send an email out to the Commission, um, because Aaron and Lauren aren't here, and it's possible that they may want to be involved as well. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, that, that's a great suggestion. Sorry, thank you, Mayor MMTC. One more thing. <laughs> um, while you're um, reaching out to Dr. Muhammad, you may want to reach out to Evan Carinta as well to get him involved. This is if this is going to be equity focused. But it doesn't all have to be at the same time, I suppose. Great. Okay, is that uh, this is Commissioner Collette? So, uh, Steve and Gregory, is that um, feel like enough uh, direction at this point to to move forward to have a meeting with um, with uh, Director of Equity and and to get that put together? And then, Dave, I guess in terms of t timing. Um, for as far as a, a study session for for that issue, that would be something to work with you, um, you know, to look at the the best timing for that. Dave Kronz, the engineer, uh, that's correct. If we do uh, decide to do the your turn during our study session time, we'll just we'll check schedules and timing. Right. All 
right. I think we're ready to move on uh, to staff items. All right, um, Dave Cronin, City Engineer. Um, a couple of things I wanted to note. Um, on the adult crossing guards, we had a discussion um, last month at the study session. We presented the data um, around um, the adult crossing guards um, that we looked at uh, through the Safe Routes to School plan uh, with the criteria um, that, that's been established on um, you know whether or not different crossings met the criteria or not and um, you know we listened to your input uh, for that meeting and so we're um, um, going back and looking at the data to determine um, um, a couple of things one is um, how um, you know like tying back into the equity discussion how uh, environmental uh, justice areas and, and free and reduced lunch populations would be impacted by the the locations that did not meet the criteria um, so we're looking at that to, pro to uh, you know pr provide some more um, information other than just it did it meet the criteria or not and we're also looking at um, uh, the uh, threat the thresholds as well and you know how you know how close it was to meeting the criteria and maybe uh, those are ones that um, you know when we look at um, the school area traffic control policy and how we apply the adult crossing guard criteria within that policy um, you know there may be uh, some need to um, or a recommendation to, to keep some of those locations that were closed that that didn't meet the criteria um, and, and reevaluate those maybe more uh, routinely or get more data. Um, and we're also looking at some areas um, in the context of the locations where maybe we have gaps in the network that may also impact uh, some of the data. So uh, we're working on that here. Um, uh, staff's working on that to bring um, uh, recommendation back on that here. Um, I believe in June uh, with the school area traffic control policy um, and the other uh, item that I wanted to mention the 27th Street extension project um, the City Commission um, uh, decided not to proceed with that project and we've pulled the project from the uh, capital improvement plan in the budget this year so we had uh, identified a couple of um, commissioners to help serve on a steering committee for that meeting it was Tom Allen and then Catherine Schartz who was on uh, the MMTC last year were nominated to that um, uh, uh, steering committee for that project but uh, as we are not moving forward with that project uh, we're not moving forward with the steering committee so just wanted to note that for those that uh, were not following that project um, so that is the two items that I had um, under staff items. Thanks. Commissioner Collette, thank you, Dave. Um, next item on the agenda are uh, commission uh, commission items, and we have two specifics, and then we can open it up to any others. But the first is the PTAC update. Is that from Nick? Sure. Nick Kuzmiak, MMTC. Um, I can give a just a brief overview of what happened at the March meeting. So uh, the transit center or the transit hub i think it's now being called the multimodal transfer facility um i believe there's a um 
A&E firm, architecture engineering firm, either currently in contracting or has been selected. So I think in early March, it was still in, in flux, but I'm assuming by now they've probably selected somebody. So that project is moving along and um, I forget exactly what the timeline is, but um, I think it, at least by the end of 2022, we should see something constructed. So that's exciting. Um, that's a lot of years in the making there. There was also a discussion of the fair donation policy. Um, I forget if I brought this up last time, but the idea behind that is that nonprofit organizations throughout Lawrence are, are eligible to apply for donated fares from the city. And this is basically so they can provide those to the people that they serve to more easily get around the city. Um, in the past, the program wasn't particularly well advertised, so only a few organizations knew about it. It was also first come, first serve. So large and well, um, well-organized organizations were able to kind of swoop in and grab as many passes as they possibly could, while other organizations either weren't able to because there weren't enough to go around or they just didn't even know about the program. So um, in the previous meeting in February, we had decided on some recommended changes to the program based on Adam Weigel's, um, I think, kind of assessment of what, what, what had been going on. So we recommended that we double the amount of Fairbox recovery that was donated. So it was 1%, now it's 2%. We also changed that from that percentage of the previous year's Fairbox collection to the rolling average of the last three years. So that was done to mitigate the effects of COVID on severe drop-off in ridership. Um, because otherwise, that means that in 2021, where we might need free fares the most, we would have the least amount of donations to work with simply because 2020 was such a bummer of a year for mass transit. So that was change number two. Uh, the third change was that we were now going to do it in, um, I think, twice a year. There was going to be the request would go out to everybody. And instead of first come, first serve, the amount of passes allotted to each organization would be proportional to, to the amount available versus who applied. So say say 10 organizations applied for 100 passes, um, those 100 passes would be divvied up based on, um, I forget exactly how it, how it works, but say they all requested $100 worth of passes. Well, they would all get the exact same amount. But if one organization may have requested $1,000 worth of passes and another only requested 100, then the former would get 10 times the amount of passes. But everybody would be kind of even Stevens in regards to how much of their requests would be fulfilled. So we thought that this was a good way to mitigate the problem of large organizations like Salvation Army, for example, swooping in and getting all the passes. So now smaller organizations like the Ballard Center or Low Domestic Violence Center could have a much better chance at at least getting something. So anyway, um, I feel like that was a fairly successful decision that we made. We'll see how it goes, but uh, so far so good. So that is it for PTEC. Commissioner Bowen. Uh, Nick, I have a question. Last time you mentioned something about grocery carts were not allowed on the city bus. Is that going to continue? That seems to me to be an equity issue. Yeah, we got rid of that. Sorry, Nick uh, Kuzmiak, MMTC. Um, last time, let's see. So the past cart policy was that you couldn't do it, basically. So um, now we have changed it to at least just allow bus drivers to exercise discretion. So if it's a really, really crowded bus and you're bringing eight carts of groceries, probably that's not going to work, right? But if it's an empty bus and you want your cart to be right next to you or in the aisle, you know, it's fine. Bus drivers will, will give you some slack. So I think there's no official change to the ordinance, just direction to operators to, you know, kind of be subjective about it. 
Great. Commissioner Collette, thank you, uh, Nick. Uh, the next uh, item is uh, the Transmit Route Redesign Committee update. And I believe, Carol, you are the representative. Did, did you have a meeting in? Uh... Uh, Charlie and I both are attending meetings. Okay. Um, so, Charlie, jump in anytime you want. The meetings are every month, fourth Tuesday at 5.30. Adam Weagle is the person in charge from the city. The link is lawrencetransit.org. Um, there had already been one report of suggested routing strategies produced by the KU Urban Planning Department last fall. But we have a consultant working with route redesign and they've set up the steering committee and we have a consultant. I did not catch the consultant's name and I didn't find it on the website. So David, you might mention that to Adam if you get to him before I do. Um, <clears throat> there were at least 20 people at the meeting. And basically what we did was a lot of brainstorming, listing concerns, um, ideas, that sort of thing. And if you folks, any of you want to send me email of things you want me to take back to that commission or that committee next time, I'd be more than happy to do that. Uh, equity issues, that, that I would think that would be an important one. And um, accessibility routes, how close it gets to your neighborhood and that sort of thing. Charlie, did you have anything you wanted to add? Uh, no, I think you did a good job. It was uh, Shockey Consulting, I believe, that's involved in the project. What was it? Shockey Consulting, S-H-O-C-K-E-Y. Thank you very much, um, this Commissioner Collette. Other other um, commission items from other commissioners. I don't see any others. Commissioner Bowen, I do have one comment on the um, safe routes to school and the and the pedestrian crossings, <clears throat> and I've brought this up for years. It does not make sense to make decisions for pedestrians based on pedestrian volume because the pedestrians are not going to come out unless it's safe. So counting them as a decision-making tool does not make sense. So I'm glad the city has decided to take an overall look of it at it because we should be patting ourselves on the back if we put something into place and we increase the pedestrians. It works in reverse. Thank you, Carol. Other commission items? All right. You're going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go list going again. All right. That's all right. Last time I made a comment about online surveys and it was rather brief, so I thought I would elaborate. The most famous case I can think of was when Dewey ran the, uh, won the presidency by a landslide. And what had happened was the polling was done by telephone and a majority of those folks were going to vote for Dewey. As it turns out, Dewey supporters used phones, but other people did not have telephones and they still voted. So the president turned out to be Truman. 
And the Chicago Tribune had printed up their newspapers in advance, dropped them off on the sidewalks that night, and then had to pull them all in the morning. So now we have a similar situation where we are not really surveying the whole city, not even close. We're surveying people who have access to the internet, people who are interested in following the city, and people who have a specific interest in whatever we are trying to survey. So what I'm trying to say here is we cannot take, uh, collecting all those numbers is interesting, but if you don't have the time, don't do it. What's more interesting are the anecdotal comments. They provide a lot of information. Now I'm done. Thank you. All right, uh, the uh, uh, 2021 calendar. <clears throat> yeah, Dave Cronin, city engineer. Um, the next meeting, which is scheduled for Monday the 3rd, we had uh, tentatively planned to uh, do a little more in-depth discussion on our GIS uh, dashboards and transportation, transportation data. So I know in the past we've sent out um, a link to our GIS uh, map. We have uh, kind of developed that MMTC map with with the data that um, that is commonly used to review um, projects. And um, you know, we've heard in the past just um, a need to maybe look a little deeper into how we use the data, what all data there is, and I think this may even tie into you know some of the. Um, objectives from our goals that we just talked about um, reviewing uh, some of our data and so uh, that's we'll keep that tentatively in there for May the 3rd um, as we work to uh, see when we can um, get the uh, your turn uh, meeting scheduled for a study session um, in addition in our at a regular meeting um, we are um, planning to bring the 2022 to 2026 bike ped funding plan. So that is um, a plan that follows our non-motorized priority policy um, to, priority, to prioritize projects with the uh, bike ped funds um, that are budgeted for um, next year and then outlay a plan for the next five years. So um, most of you are probably familiar with that. So we're be bringing that uh, at the next meeting we uh i th think here pretty soon the public call for projects will be closed on bike ped projects right now there's a open call on lawrence listens for people to provide input on projects that um, um that we can use to help uh, uh in our planning process um, in addition, we have uh, the 2021 uh, Neighborhood Traffic Management Program funding plan. We're working on uh, providing a recommendation to on the allocation for the budgeted dollars in that program uh, for this year. Um, the current program, which is still ongoing, um, the Neighborhood Traffic Management Program uh, utilized funds from uh, 2020. So this is... Uh, uh, going to be a recommendation for uh, the dollars uh, this year, which I believe is two hundred fifty thousand. Is that 
right, Dustin? I think it's three hundred a year now. Three hundred. Okay, sorry, three hundred thousand um, dollars. So those are the two uh, items that we have so far for the uh, regular meeting on May the third. Uh, let's stand for any questions. Um, I guess if I if I may just jump back in um, uh, to the regular meeting on June the seventh. I'd uh, put in there the recommendation to approve the school area traffic control policy. And I know we just kind of discussed about the the, uh, the adult crossing guards, but I uh, forgot to mention. Uh, you know, we did send out uh, to all the commissioners the the uh, times and locations of the adult crossing guards. So at our last meeting, uh, I think there was some interest from some commissioners on um, wanting to go out and and you know out into the field and physically see the situations and conditions of uh, the locations where we have adult crossing guards to see if um, there were other things that may impact uh, you know some of the decision making on on having adult crossing guards on those locations so um, we did send those out I, I know schools um, you know they're back to meeting in person so we got the crossing guards are out so if if you are interested in that uh, we you know we sent out the list of the times and locations if there's any questions um, uh, feel free to get in touch with us um, and that is all that I have for calendar thanks uh, thanks Dave this is Commissioner Collette um, and we've reached the end here. Um, can I entertain a motion for to adjourn? So it's Commissioner Evans, I move that the meeting be adjourned. Okay. Is there a second? Commissioner Crystal, second. Thank you. Um, all in favor, I think we can, we've established that we can raise our hands <laughs> to adjourn. All right. Looks, looks unanimous. Uh, thank you very much, everyone. Good work tonight. <laughs>